Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I'm on the phone with Brian, and on this week's episode we're going to be talking about the 2022 horror film Deadstream, directed, written, and produced by Joseph and Vanessa Winter, and starring Joseph Winter and Melanie Stone. In this film, a YouTube streamer known for doing crazy stunts decides to spend a night in a haunted house while he broadcasts his experience to his viewers. If you're new to our show, Brian and I are going to spend the top half of this episode talking about the background of the film, and then we'll take a quick break, you'll hear some music, and then we'll dive into the plot, hit some spoilers, and get into our review. Brian, you put this one on my radar on our last conversation with the best top five films of 2022. How did you hear about this? Oh, just uh, the buzz on Twitter and I think Shudder. I get emails from Shudder, too, about their new releases. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, I, I hadn't heard about it all, but yeah, definitely in the top horror films of last year on a lot of lists, 91% in Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, w- when did Shudder put this out, like in October or something? Yeah, so it was released, I believe, on October 6th. It was early October of this year. It was first screened at South by Southwest in March of this year. And then, and then Shutter, Shutter picked it up, put it out there for the Halloween season. That's awesome. Yeah, good good uh, buy from Shutter. And uh, yeah, it's a feature debut film, full-length film by uh, husband and wife duo here, Joseph and Vanessa Winter. Uh, and after this, it sounded like they filmed this like two and a half years ago. And then uh, this year, they're also uh, a part of VHS 99. They've got a segment in there. Have you seen that yet? I have not seen VHS 99 yet, but I'd really like to. Yeah, I know, especially after seeing this and uh, knowing that like this kind of led to them being included there. Right, Pretty and, neat. and Melanie Stone is in that as well, who plays oh, Chrissy really? in this movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I think that VHS 94 from last year was a lot of fun, too, so... I know. Uh, I feel like VHS is kind of what's keeping found footage going. Uh, otherwise, like, I mean, this year, or sorry, the year 2022, we didn't have, like, I, I think this is a genre that we were, have kind of talked about as has slowed down quite a bit, right, in like the last four or five years. It has definitely slowed down. Um, there was dash cam this year. I think people are finding creative ways to do it, and it's merging with computer screens and live chats and stuff like that. I'm still so surprised there's not a name for this subgenre where like yeah. computers are in the mix like host and right. unfriended it, but deadstream actually wouldn't be a horrible name for the genre. Oh yeah. <laughs> that could be a genre title. I I keep feeling like you and I can coin it but I can't think of anything good. I like that. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I mean I I have that same note too. Like I feel like the term found footage uh given like what's worked the last few years zoom or not um zoom but uh Oh, host, uh, yeah, dashcam. This movie, even like unfriended and stuff. It's more about like these social media platforms or like meeting platforms. So yeah, the idea of like calling it found footage just I, it, to me doesn't feel like uh, very appropriate because that's like you find like a tape or something, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think the definition still holds. Man, for one of our last episode, I had a whole definition prepared to lay on you, and now <laughs> yeah, we Was never it? got there. Now I'm standing here empty-handed. Oh, man. Was it for, like, uh, The Visit or Poughkeepsie tapes or something? Uh, I think it was maybe for The Visit, yeah. I was ready to defend it as a found footage movie. But I think any found footage movie is just when the cameras exist in the reality of the movie. Like, the characters could see and touch the cameras. Maybe they don't know they're there, but the camera exists in the world of the character. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Unless it's a pseudo documentary, that would be the exception. But <laughs> all right, yeah, that's that. That seems to be encompass everything uh, here as well as as technology evolves. I I think of it more as like handheld footage, or, or like you know th- things where like yeah, you have the a main character who's like holding the camera. I, I feel like that's kind of what all these films have in common. Yeah, you always say handheld footage instead of found footage, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of found footage movies that have a steady a mounted camera. Uh, like what? At least for a good chunk of it, like the Paranormal Activity movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Even this movie does. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's got a good chunk of handheld footage, (laughs) but it also has some mounted cameras. There are some mounted cameras, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, but uh, I I like the whole direction found footage is going in, and yeah, last year it seems like this one, uh, Dead Cam, or sorry, Dash Cam, did you see Dash Cam by any chance? I didn't. I didn't hear great things, so I haven't gotten around to it. But it's by the okay. people that did host, so I know, and I I loved host. I think you were you liked it too, right? I did. I really liked it. Yeah, really innovative way to bring it uh, the found footage onto like an online platform. Really hit on uh, what was going on with uh, COVID at the time, and then uh, yeah, I, I tracked dashcam. I, I saw like a, I want to say like seventy percent of it earlier this year. And one thing that I think that and this one have in common is the idea of like bringing the viewers or like the commenters uh they're like voices and, and words on the screen while you see what's happening I, I think that's a really cool trick and these are like the first movies i'm seeing that happening have you seen that happen otherwise no i haven't i don't think and yeah someone on our discord mentioned that dash cam did that as well so it's interesting that we had two movies doing that yeah it also makes total sense just like where we are technology wise and social media wise that that would start to bleed into the movies. It's really right. cool how they do it in this movie. It is, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise it's just a movie with like one person, but now you have like all these viewers who are like, you get to embed their commentary and their and their feedback on it. So it kind of creates this, uh, it's almost, is it is it like a third wall opening or a fourth wall opening? Yeah, yeah, it is almost kind of like what we talked about breaking the third wall. I think that's it's a third what, one. what that is called. Like, I don't know that it counts really... It's more like when characters go, oh, I guess we'll find out more about that in the climax or something. Sure. Like a little joke about like, this is uh, a movie, but they're not yeah. actually acknowledging the viewer. Sure. And this is an interesting way to do that too. I feel like maybe it counts as breaking the third wall as well. I, they're not acknowledging that this is a movie, but yeah, I want to say it doesn't count, but it's a unique experience because even if you're watching this movie alone, it's kind of creates the illusion that you're watching in a group because yeah. they're like telling Sean the same things you're screaming at him, like get out or there's something yeah. in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. It's a really I, uh, interesting way to make a movie like more fun. Sorry, everybody. Sure. I'm sick. Yeah. No, that's it it a great element uh, to the film. And uh, it's so cool to see two films doing that this year. And I, I wonder how that's going to progress. And uh, I, I know you and I have kind of like thrown around ideas for like where found footage should go. And we've talked about like social media platforms and, that's kind of what we're seeing here, I think. Um, this guy, he is, is he, a, I couldn't understand, like, is he a YouTube personality or uh, some kind of other streaming service? Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know if it's YouTube specifically. He was streaming on Livid. I think okay. Livid was like the stand-in for YouTube or whatever, Twitch or whatever these companies are where people do this kind of thing. Yeah. But the app was called Livid, and I think the DP and producer Jared Cook had a lot to do with that. Like he came up with the Livid app and interface and how the comments would appear on screen and how Sean would interact with them. So that was a really cool element of the movie. This is like a low mm-hmm. budget, all hands on deck, bootstrap type movie, but that really looked really slick and sleek how they had 
the app and the comments coming up. Yeah, it's really well done. Um, yeah, I, I was convinced it was like a real platform that uh, I just wasn't aware of. But uh, so Livid is a fictional platform, then, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Cool. That makes sense. As far as I know, <laughs> I know. I'm so. I you know. I've, I have a few friends who like have these uh, personalities they follow on like Twitch and stuff, and like they'll spend hours watching them do things. Are, are you into any of that culture? No, I would just say I never want to watch anybody on a video. <laughs> like I'd rather. Like, I like listening to podcasts because I can do other things. Yeah. But to sit and be a captive audience in front of a video, I, I suppose people can just listen to the video, too. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, I think that has been a phenomenon that's been growing over the last few years. I, I know Twitch, like, people, like, play video games and people watch them and pay to, like, uh, for them to do stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a crazy world that I, I feel like we've barely uh, touched on. As much as it's hard for me to imagine, it's also just like watching TV. Right. Yeah, I guess it, it must become like that with more of like maybe a personal uh, relationship or touch to it. Yeah, right. Like a year ago before I just recently got the podcast on Instagram, but I remember standing like in an airport and watching somebody sitting down looking at their Instagram and I was just like, oh, they're just watching TV essentially. <laughs> it's just yeah, video after video after video comes yeah. in front of your face. So I guess right. I, I can see it. Boy, do we sound old. I know. No, that, that's how I feel now when I watch Instagram. It feels like you're just uh, like speed watching TV, like quick clips. Right. And, right. and stories. So that's the way things are headed, I guess. Um, yeah, there was a discussion on our Discord server recently about whether how that's not good for our attention span. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I struggle because like I hear you like uh, it's, it is like watching TV, but I still like I struggle with reality TV and things that like don't have plots. And now you're literally just like watching some dude. Like I can't imagine like watching us like record a podcast. Like uh, how exciting could that be for someone? Some people want it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I guess there's uh, an appetite for everything out there. We'll do it one day, but I can't. I can't. I would never unleash like an hour and ten minutes of us talking <laughs> on the world. That's yeah. so boring. I know. I'd feel terrible about it. <laughs> but if it's, it's cool. There's a market for it, and people are, are into that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, right. So it's pretty neat. Um, other things to call it here. So yeah, you, you mentioned like this is uh, a pretty small crew, um, and Joseph and Vanessa. I think they'd done like short films before, and this is their first feature film and then joseph uh stars in this and he also did the music here they played like a bunch of roles here in editing and, and doing a lot of this uh them on their own uh you know any more about these two that's I, I listened to an interview with them with the boo crew which was really interesting and made me appreciate the movie even more so i'd recommend people go listen to that um but yeah they're just filmmakers they made a series of short films each of them kind of separately some some of their work overlaps she has a TV movie under her belt. Uh, this was Joseph's first feature length. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're up and coming now. I mean, with VHS 99 and this, they're on everybody's radar. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more from them. And it's just crazy how many hats they wore, like utter respect. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it, it's just such a cool like success story to see how like this film, they took it on these festival circuits uh, and how quickly it was like picked up by Shutter, And now like, yeah, they're this big deal. Really yeah. inspiring. Yeah, it's really cool. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it's getting pretty high acclaim. So we talked about the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, and then the other person I want to call out before, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the plot, uh, Troy Larson is who they hired for the special effects. And all all the effects here are practical effects and pretty well done. I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the, in the episode. But Yeah, he designed all the creatures and everything, which were pretty elaborate. So props yeah. to Troy Larson. Yeah, yeah, really impressive. It was interesting because they were asked like what kind of movies 
uh, really inspired them or even specific moments from movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and she cited things like The Thing and Alien oh. and said she was fascinated with monsters. So you can totally see that influence here. And yeah. then I, I was like, I watched this again last night and was like, I think Ashwin might like this. Don't spoil it. <laughs> but then I was listening to that interview and I was like, oh no, he might not like it because Joseph Winter named Father's Day from Creepshow, oh, that segment, no as one, is, one of his most formative moments from horror. <laughs> what? That, that, that short? Yeah, which I love, but you, you were really down on. So Damn, I was like, yeah. oh gosh, I hope he still likes this movie. How is but, that formative for anything? Well, he's talking about like these specific moments that give him a specific feeling like it was hard for him to describe it but from what i gather it was like a feeling of shock and excitement huh cool. that like evil deads of the world and dead alive stuff like that yeah yeah definitely felt like a lot of the evil dead vibes through here but that's fascinating you know uh i'll be right back i just have to change my score really quick uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, it's it's really cool. Uh, like inspirations that they've had, and and uh, the, yeah, their vision for this film, and how it it sounds like they it it was actually like a lot more comedic, and they kind of pared it that back a bit and edited it down. Uh, and it, yeah, I, I think this falls kind of squarely in the horror comedy <clears throat> world, right? Yeah, yeah, and splatstick. And mm-hmm. he said he was kind of pushing the tone past Evil Dead 2 and more into like Army of Darkness territory and then uh, Vanessa dialed that back and tr- made sure to, they kept it scary. Nice, nice. Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, any idea what the budget was here? I don't know about the budget. It was mostly financed just through themselves and some friends and friends of friends that they knew. Yeah. I imagine it was pretty small. I saw a great quote by Joseph saying like uh I, I think someone asked him like what would you tell other aspiring film uh creators or whatever and he's like you know i think everyone out there has these offers for like zero percent apr on their credit cards i just recommend like you know use that and in, 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 uh use that to like, kind of fund your projects and as a, like a financial person like that seems like the worst advice. i know i heard him say that too i was like <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah don't do it <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah it makes me wonder if like a lot of this was uh self-funded by them like through, yeah. through those kind of means i really believe it was yep oh boy okay uh but then yeah i guess shutter like swoops in and, and buys this and wonder how much they they, they paid for this. yeah i would just love to know how all those deals go down but I, i'm sure they were made whole again and yeah. then some yeah I hope. yeah excited to see where they go from here um you got uh, any other background not really um i've got some background oh you know what on the location that they filmed at so this was kind of a notorious haunted house real life haunted house in utah oh. um and jared cook the dp and some other crew members had paranormal experiences while they were filming hmm. or they just like felt this energy where they did not want to be in the house or they refused to go into certain rooms of the house alone and apparently jared cook just hated going in the house wow that's crazy they use an actual haunted house yeah and it was a subject of local lore like they had a contract out to do some work there they had sh- they had to reinforce some things in the house to make it safe to film yeah. it but they had a contractor out who had seen a woman in the window as a teen and was like really freaked out to be back there in the house so oh boy pretty wow. cool this was just a cool subject of of local spookiness yeah yeah damn that's that's pretty meta if that's like what the movie's about them like broadcasting and then they're actually shooting movie in a haunted house that's that's crazy yeah pretty fun yeah um ohio connection yes i have an ohio connection this was kind of a short notice recording for us we kind of threw it together quickly and as a result 
I did not give Alex enough time nor communicate to him effectively. Long story short, <laughs> Alex did not do the Ohio Connection through no fault of his own. Uh, nonetheless, you should visit Jukebox in Cleveland, Ohio, a bar that Alex owns. Hey, El Shawab House from our Discord server was there tonight. No way. Yeah, he That's was driving awesome. through. He's like driving. It seems like he's driving across the country on the, over the holidays, and he's staying the night yeah, in, Cleveland in Cleveland and dropped by. That is so cool, man. Damn. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, pretty cool. I think two or three listeners have been there now. I want to say Ass Clap has been there <laughs> and uh, probably did some Ass Clapping while he was there. And then, I hope so. Or she. I can't remember if Ass Clap is a man or a woman. I want to say somebody else might have been there, but I can't remember. Oh, but that's okay. so cool that you guys are going there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you guys are liking it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome bar. But a uh, mediocre connection for me. Deadstream was filmed at a real-life haunted house in Benjamin, Utah, known as the Larson Moran House. It is said that two brothers were killed in the machinery of a nearby pump house that was rumored to have lights glowing inside at night despite having no electricity. Per director Vanessa Winter, when the pump house was torn down, some of that local lore transferred to the Larson Moran House. Deadstream was actually not the first movie to film at this house. Made Men from 1999 starring Jim Belushi was also shot there. Jim Belushi was born in Chicago, Illinois to father Adam and mother Agnes Belushi. And Agnes was born in the 1920s to Albanian immigrants in Akron, Ohio, where she worked (laughs) as a riveter for Goodyear Aircraft Co. during World War II. Damn. Wow. Good connection. I actually, you know, I'm no Alex, but I was kind of proud of that one. Yeah, and a Jim Belushi, uh, grand, yeah, parent uh, connection. That's wild. Wait, oh, so so this house, it's in Utah. It's apparently haunted, and two films have been shot here, at least. Yes, Made Men and Deadstream. Wow, that's crazy. Why? Like, yeah, I don't know. I just assume like if you're creating a film and you're thinking of locations, uh, like why pick a, a house that's haunted? Like that's. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect. It's abandoned, and it just yeah. looks like exactly what you want. Oh, man, that's, that's like, like so scary, though. Like, why wouldn't you just, like, recreate that in a studio versus actually go to a haunted house? Um, I mean, because they didn't have the money for that kind of thing. They actually said they, they had to, like, kind of build out some stuff in the upstairs because it was all just one open room. Sure. Oh, and for this film? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they just loved the house so much. They were like, we we got to do something. Damn, damn. Okay. Yeah, that's commitment. Cool. Good on that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, are you ready to talk about the plot, spoil the film, and uh, get into our review? Let's do it. All right. Uh, hey, before we do that, though, uh, do you mind if we take a quick break? I just heard this funny noise outside the closet. I want to check it out. Okay, that's the rule. You got to go check it out. Uh, yeah, that is the rule. <laughs> I'll be right back. All right. Hey, Brian, sorry about that. I'm back. Hey, buddy, what went on in that closet? Dude, uh, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, some some crazy fan showed up, and she wanted to be on our podcast. Uh, but I, I, I was able to fend her off. It took a lot of convincing. But before leaving, she made me recite a bunch of words that I've apparently mispronounced over the years on, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just, at first, I thought it was like some Latin shit that she was trying to use to possess me, but it was just oh, words man. like herb <laughs> and sword. Oh, man. Repeat <laughs> after me. Herb, <laughs> sword, yeah. fish hunting, the nine-inch nails. <laughs> she had a whole list. It was brutal. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, someone yeah. should start keeping a list. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, yeah. Jumping into the plot here. So this movie begins by introducing us to Sean, who is our main character. He is this YouTube, uh, like stand-in for YouTube type of online personality, and we're introduced to him through like these series of videos that he's done in the past where he does these kind of crazy stunts uh things like being smuggled across the border running away from cops um getting dragged through the snow by dogs as like a human icicle uh just like crazy stunts he pulls for like people to watch and view him but we also learned that recently he's come under some criticism for doing something that was a little controversial and he had to put out an apology video and now after several months he's finally found a sponsor again and he's decided to come back online and his next challenge to raise the stakes now he's decided to spend the night in a house that's haunted and live stream the entire experience and lets us know that ghosts are something that he's always kind of been scared about uh what'd you think of sean and and this character setup you know at first it's kind of like a barrage of okay, this is my channel and I, this is my sense of humor and I'm going at it hard. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I put it in my top five, I was like, some people I think will be turned off right away. But to me, it really works. And he's he's so like cringy, but he's also authentic. He's <laughs> just like utter sincerity. Uh, there's something likable about him, even though he's an extremely flawed character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it, it, that, that's the best part is he can tell that so quickly, like like the flaws behind him, uh, and like yeah, I, I don't know, uh, like yeah. I, I think we talked about how neither of us kind of pay attention to this side of like streamers and their personalities, but it seemed like immediately accurate as someone who's like kind of obsessed with posting videos about themselves, like doing crazy shit. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it, the editing is also like really quick in terms of like showing you things he's done in the past and it kind of like aligns with like what you'd expect from someone like that like yeah um, he feels like he could totally exist in the real world yeah yeah very real um do you you know i never watched that show jackass uh with like johnny knoxville but i i feel like he's like that level of like commitment to doing dangerous stunts yes it felt like a internet personality version of jackass okay yeah cool and i think what made him more charming too is that even though he was kind of obnoxious and abrasive, he also threw in a lot of like self-deprecating humor. Oh yeah, yeah. Like his show's called The Wrath of Sean, and like uh, yeah, he kind of makes fun of how he had to apologize and stuff. Uh, yeah, he, he like describes himself as like a big piece of shit or something, right? Yeah, I and mean, he's like cutting to all the things his mom packed him for a ghost kit. Yeah, it's like holy water, or whatever, and then like a so bag lunch with a little note that said, "Sean, you're a douchebag, but I still love you." <laughs> yeah, so he knows he's like a piece of shit, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's something endearing about him, uh, despite all his flaws here. For sure. Uh, so Sean heads out to this house that's in the middle of nowhere, and to make sure that he follows through on this experience, and we kind of know that, like, yeah, he's very desperate for the sponsors and he has to like kind of follow through with this show so he can't like really back out of things um that he's committing himself to do so some things he does uh like when he gets to the house is he throws out the spark plugs for the car into the woods then he goes inside this house and he puts a security lock on the door and tosses the keys away so pretty excessive but i I think it showcases his uh desperation and, and kind of uh commitment to like going through with this night right Right, yeah, he like made agreements with sponsors and he's not he's got to go investigate every noise he hears and he's not going to leave. Yep. Yeah. So uh yeah, yeah, pretty pretty uh, he's pretty setting himself up here pretty bad. But he's also like not super 
it's not in overconfidence. Like he's like, whatever, I'll throw the spark plugs. He's also like, I've had the nervous poops all week. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's letting on uh, some of. Yeah, you could tell he's something's eating at him. His nervousness and his like shrieks and screams are like half performative, half sincere. Uh, yeah, throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, I think it strikes a nice balance. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk about that later because yeah, yeah, it's I'm like jumping a ahead of, a little bit. Yeah, a, a lot of the film is is that right? Is him, yeah. his reactions to what's going on? Yep. Um, so he sets up cameras all over this house, uh, and while he's doing that, he's explaining how, why this house is haunted. Apparently, this poet lived there uh, back in the 1800s. Her name was Mildred, and one day she hung herself, and since then, people have died in this house or have heard voices or seen things, and now this house is just abandoned. So while he's setting this all up, we can also... Uh, oh, we're also seeing these comments that... Uh, people who are watching the stream are submitting. Um, so that that's kind of a cool element where you're watching other people's reactions to what he's doing. And uh, I think he's able to uh, showcase footage from like pre- previous uh, people who've come into this house while he's setting up these cameras. Um, which, you know, I, I thought this was really cool because like we're getting a great exposition on why he has the cameras set up on him and how he has it set up, uh, how he's bringing the story of like others into the story, um, like bringing their footage and videos in, and then also getting that uh, commentary from viewers. What, what did you think of this combination of technology and like how it was built into the story here? It was so interesting and like dynamic and immersive and felt like smooth. It, it's sh- yeah. It feels like it'd be really hard to make that work without feeling like, wait, what the fuck are we seeing? seeing right. What's going on? But he'll like grab, you know, a video like, okay, this is something that you'll need to watch to get the background of the house. Or, you know, there's the comments on screen and somebody, people will be like, watch this video. Like she has the answer and then his viewers will, you know, give him some sort of information. Yeah. So then you cut to somebody on their computer filming themselves talking to Sean and it just, yeah. it all works. It seems like it would be hard to pull off, but I think they did it. They did it, yeah, man. Like, yeah, I, w- I would have expected something like that to feel, feel very forced, but just feel so natural in this environment. And like, yes. yeah, the, the embedded films and everything. So really well well done on... I, I know you've called out like other found footage films, like the question on like, why is the camera there? And I, I think this film does a really good job right off the bat explaining like how this footage and all this pla- stuff works on this platform. Yep, yeah. And it's like really interesting too. He's so tech savvy, like putting cameras everywhere all yeah. over the house and saying this is motion sensor so if something happens in this room the feed will cut to this like right you won't see sean anymore you'll see that room yeah yeah that was pretty good yeah uh so being the provocateur that he is uh he has this wheel on him that he spins and it tells him like stupid things to do so he does this and it lands on doing a seance he does the seance in one of the rooms and we start to hear some noises around the house and then things get really creepy when his viewers alert him to a ghost showing up on one of the cameras. As Brian mentioned, the cameras are motion sensitive or motion. So they have motion sensors on them. Yeah. And so, yeah, they uh, they pick up like a, a ghost like figure kind of walking into their rooms. He sees it. He freaks out. But um, he's obligated, as he mentioned at the top here, that he has to investigate every noise in this house as part of the premise here because he doesn't want to lose his sponsorship. So uh, he checks it out, um, and he hears uh, he sees a door opening, and he hears voices. He runs back into his room, but suddenly a young woman shows up out of nowhere. Her name's Chrissy, and she claims to be a fan of his show, and he's she's like stalked him and wants to join this adventure that he's on. 
Um, at first he's like happy to see her, but then he's like really pissed. Like he can't be here cause he's shooting this. Uh, but the audience kind of weighs in and they want her to stay as part of the, uh, the, the, the stream. Uh, what do you think of the introduction of Chrissy and, uh, her character here? I thought it was awesome. Like not only in that she was, it was both like harmless and really concerning at the same time. Like she basically stalked Sean, but she also just seemed so simple in a way. Like, yeah, like I'm here, let's do this. And then to have everyone comment and be like, team Chrissy or like Chrissy's hot. <laughs> it's just, and then he's like, oh, engagement is really high when you're here. So right. he moves forward with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't know how to suspicious be with her either. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. It is kind of shocking, but then it, like, made total sense that, like, she figured out where he was and came and, and like, was just, like, an obsessive fan and was adding views. So, uh, yeah, it seemed like a pretty positive uh, person to bring into the mix. Yeah, right. Yep. Good for the show. Yeah, good for the show and the ratings. So the two of them uh, start to explore the house together, and they find the secret room in the basement with some of uh, Mildred's old poetry uh they bust out a ouija board and at this point chrissy asks sean to recite some latin words that she says is going to help protect him from spirits uh he reads those and suddenly they hear a noise upstairs where the motion detectors have picked up something so sean is super spooked out so he sends chrissy up there to investigate but when she doesn't come back he goes up there to see where she is and she pops out and scares him. They get in a bit of an altercation where he's like calling her out for being a stalker and that like claiming that maybe she showed up before he was even there. Uh, Chrissy here like suddenly turns kind of the evil uh, and gives him this kind of like mean, like kind of spooky stare and then bites his neck. He fends her off and stabs her with a piece of wood thinking that he's killed her, but then her body goes missing. Uh, he tries to escape the house, but the ghost of Mildred is seen hanging from the hallway and chases him and uh, sticks a finger up his nose and then uh, he throws her off and tries to escape the house but he's locked himself in and can't get out and at this point I think he also realizes that the ghost of Mildred is actually Chrissy. What, do you, what did you think of the Mildred appearance, the battle there, the realization that Chrissy was actually a ghost this whole time? Thoughts? I thought this was really cool because you never really know what to make of Christy and then this reveal is just really fun. It's also, it's kind of silly and scary that this ghost from a century ago or whatever would pretend to be this modern woman who's internet savvy Yeah, and then get him to say the Latin. Like that's how, <laughs> that was basically what she needed to do. And then I thought it was pretty scary when he was, one gimmick in this movie is that Things can be seen on iPads and cameras when they can't be seen by the naked eye. So he kind of is holding up the iPad to see her like swinging on her noose. And if he puts it down, he can't see her. Yeah, I love and that. And there's a few jump scares with her just right in his face once he moves the iPad. Right. And that was freaky. And the tension has been already ratcheted up with the iPad because he was holding up a photo of a ghost called Corner Man, like right up against the corner that he stands in. And then, like, moving the iPad back and forth. So you're like, all right, one of these times I'm going to see Corner Man really there. But then they oh, don't yeah. do it. So they kind of had teased you with the iPad stuff already. And then they just yeah. hit it hard here. So I yeah. thought it was really well done. I love that too, man. Yeah, the way he's, like, walking towards her while she's hanging from the rope, but he can't see her. Except on the on the video camera. Or on the, yeah, on the, on the iPad. That's wild. Super tense. 
Yeah. Uh, and then I think here's where you get some of the evil dead vibes, because uh, as soon as you get into like territory where you're like able to punch and like throw demons around, I feel like that's uh, evil dead territory. Right, like she sticks her finger up his nose and he yeah. pulls her fingernail out of his nose later. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was a crazy move. Um, but yeah, I, I, I struggled with that. How did this ghost from the 1800s know to... Like when I went back and I was like rewatching Chrissy and like the things that she knows, she like drops a screen name. She knows how to like talk about viewers and like followers. So she's like really savvy when it comes to like someone... Uh, who is from the 1800s and might not know about like streaming services or like what what that whole culture is like? How did she know all that? She's supernatural, man. I don't think we need a reason. Damn. All right. That's that, that's really impressive. Uh, I mean, she totally had me bought in that she was just like this crazy obsessive fan. I mean, we know she loves poetry. There's not a whole <laughs> lot to do in the house. She, I think, she's a a thinker and a reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. She's heard about the Instagram and uh, the Facebooks. Yeah, she keeps up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, cool. So, yeah. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I think we're getting some uh, great, like, kind of scares mixed with, like, funny uh, reactions from him and uh, interesting, like, action sequences. So now he's running from these ghosts inside the house, and uh, he's like, I got to get out of here, but he's locked in, so he's going to try to jump out of the second-story window, but he goes up there, and there's, like, a ghost hiding in the sheets. So their demons kind of, like, popping up all over the place. So he goes and hides in a closet, and at this point, we get what you were talking about before, where some of the viewers that on his channel that are commenting to him are like posting videos, and one of them posts a video uh, saying that they understand Latin and that what he read earlier was actually him uh, agreeing to like kind of transfer his soul over to Mildred, and this kid kind of like tells him that it's likely he's going to kill himself, so he's freaking out about all this. Um, I, I, and, and even before this, I think there's a video where a kid like is telling him that like he destroyed a symbol that pr- could have potentially protected him from demons. Uh, so yeah, I, I loved these like videos that the viewers would post it. Did you like those? Yeah, it was a great element. That was awesome. Yeah. Pretty smart. Um, so he gets bitten in the crotch by Mildred, the ghost, and he, uh, jumps out the window, hurts himself pretty badly. But he makes it to his car, and but he has to get the spark plugs. So he goes to grab those, but while he does, uh, the sheriff shows up, who he thinks is like a real sheriff, but then reveals himself to be a, another demon. So Sean manages to kill him using a potato gun. Uh, at this point, he reads some of the poems from Mildred and realizes that Mildred, uh, this whole time, her goal has been to acquire people to build an audience similar to kind of like what he's been doing. So it's kind of a cool parallel between him and this ghost from the 1800s uh, where he's doing this like online and she's doing it through possession or like, uh, yeah, taking over people's souls. Did you you like that uh, kind of, um, yeah, that parallel? Uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. It's not particularly deep. I don't think in this movie it needs to be. But earlier he kind of explains everyone's died in the house because she's building the family she could never have. And right. now he's like, she's not building a family. She's building a following. <laughs> yeah. I like he puts it in like modern terms. Right. That's cool. Uh, so he realizes that the only way that he's going to be able to get his soul back is if he does like this ritual where he makes a sacrifice to the devil and gets the powers that she has and uh, is able to reclaim his soul. So he goes back into the house now looking to defeat Mildred and uh, he fights this ghost in the bathroom, uh, and uh, he's almost possessed by it, but he manages to use a heroin needle to pump, I think, holy water 
right into the into its head which then its head explodes onto him that's yep. a pretty gnarly scene uh he then f- captures mildred tries to do the ritual on her and banish her to hell but it doesn't work she gets the upper hand pours like a bucket of piss on him and is like torturing him and he's he, he starts to realize that what he needs to do is make a flesh sacrifice so that the ritual works so he cuts off his middle finger and that causes Mildred to be pulled down into the basement of hell. And, and another really cool thing he did here is he put the video camera on Mildred. Uh, I, th- I thought that was a really smart move. We've never seen anything like that, have we? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, some of these fights were, were just like really creative. Yes. And then uh, the movie ends in with Sean thinking he's won. He's defeated the house. But then all these demons start emerging from the corners of the house that Mildred had taken. And they all look pretty messed up. And then the video cuts out. Uh thoughts thoughts on this third act and like how, how shit went down i think the third act was so much fun and the pacing was incredible yeah this is what makes me think not just the setup and the subject matter and the effects like this particularly is what really draws the connection to evil dead for me the relentlessness it's mm. just non-stop keeps coming like sean is just getting bombarded from every angle from a variety of foes and it just never stops. I think it's so exciting and so dynamic. And it's humorous. Like, he, she sticks her finger in his nose again. And <laughs> again. he's like, why? <laughs> yeah. But it's also really scary. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I was so scared. He's hiding in the bathroom from her, and she's pounding on the door. Then his camera light goes out. So it's utter darkness, and you hear the door open and her walk in. And then she just says really, like, in this creepy voice, like, Sean, I want you to meet someone. And then that's when he becomes kind of possessed and almost drowns himself yeah. in the tub. Yeah. What? Who is she talking about? Was she talking about like the corner man or something? I don't know. Maybe the devil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or the demon. I don't know. And, um, yeah. And then, yeah, then he was back. like, the pond water is still like he was about to, Drown he like went underwater. To, yeah. But yeah. then he was like, no, Mildred, I'm the influencer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool to compare like an influencer from the 1800s to like a modern day influencer. And like this was this felt like a battle of like those two times coming together. <clears throat> Some of the lines that tied to like live streaming could have been so silly and they were, but it was kind of like knowingly silly. There was a part where she was smashing his head into the ground and she goes, smash that like button, Sean. And <laughs> it just worked because it was in that like yeah. demon voice. Yeah. The, the the demon work here, yeah, really felt Evil Dead too, and then like the yeah, the the, the fighting with the demons as well. Uh did you like the like the, the makeup effects and everything on the on the demons? I did. I think it looked really good. There are times where it just looks so plainly like a a big doll or something, but Yeah. Evil Dead had that too. I feel like it's all just part of the vibe. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think for low budget, they like really designed everything well and it looks really good. Yeah. And I think it helps make things. And that was what they said they were kind of going for. They didn't want to make things look really realistic. Yeah. Right. Because right. like when that head explodes on Sean and the green yellow goop lands on him, you know, that's funnier and more splat sticky than, you know, actual gore and how a head yeah. would really look exploding. Yeah. It's just part of the vibe. Yeah, I agree. It kind of gives it more like the splat stick vibe, and it makes it more fun. Yeah, uh, what did you think of that element? Uh, I, I liked it, man. I, I thought they, they did a really great job in making that like artistic with the practical effects and interesting enough where, like, yeah, you can really appreciate the, the gore that was happening uh, without yeah. like being gross or anything or over the top. Right. So uh, it, was, it was really well done, man. Uh, and, and you think, like, the ending... Um, what? So he defeats Mildred, obviously. She gets dragged back into hell, but what is he, like, now stuck in the house... 
uh, as like a, a, d- a demon there, or like a, a ghost to possess that place? I think I can't remember if, if I imagine this or if it actually happened, but I think the demons were like approaching him, saying like "Mama." Oh, like I what? think now he was the owner of their souls. I may have made uh, that up, but yeah. like she was collecting their souls, and then he did the sacrifice she made and the spell she did or whatever. So I think now he was Damn. basically their their keeper. So he gained like six more, seven more followers. Yeah, exactly. And I assume <laughs> they kill him as as part of that. Oh shit! Okay, that's and it's kind of all when he finds that little protector drawing in the closet. Yeah. And he kind of rips it up and he's like, if anything happens to me tonight, it's going to be because of this thing. <laughs> very much was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that came out true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So o- overall thoughts. Like, I, I know you mentioned this is like one of your top films of the year, but yeah, what would you like? What didn't you like about this film? I feel like just the feeling I had when watching it was so much fun. Like the, like, like Sean was talking about, just trying to get that feeling. To me, it's like giddiness. It's just... A mix of terror, enjoyment, and hilarity, and any movie that can create that is just awesome in my book. The music's really cool too. We didn't talk about that, but he carries it around in a VHS tape. Yeah. Like, okay, this is my score, and he plays it when he's about to go do something, <laughs> which is just again a really cool dynamic element. He controls the score and can turn it on and off, and the music was actually pretty good. It was really good. Yeah, it's all composed by him too, right? Yeah, really, truly by him. Yeah. Uh, I love the movie, man. I think it's super suspenseful and scary. That element of if something, if a camera, if we toggle to a camera, that means the motion sensor went off and something happened in that room. Yeah, I love that. It really builds suspense because you're like, you know, then you see the commenters have caught it too and they're pointing it out to Sean. So just having some information before Sean does, but not knowing when, where, or how it's going to impact him really makes things tense that is yeah yeah that's that's a really cool element i i I love the the the, having the commentators on screen it's almost like you're part of that or like you're like in this theater watching it and like you're with other viewers uh it's it's so cool how that kind of creates that feeling of like uh you're you're part of a a bigger audience than just you like watching this movie on your own yeah it it definitely makes it more immersive and kind of heightens each emotion because you feel like you're sharing it with these imaginary people Right. And then when he's talking, you're like responding to the people's comments. It's almost like he's talking to you, right? Or like breaking uh, the third wall potentially. But like, yeah, I, I know it's like different, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a really cool uh, format. Yep. Yeah, it is really neat. And I've got a few laughs too out of some of his comments. Like, did they call you creator face in high school? And like, no, because it was still acne in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's hilarious. I, I think he's he does funny. an amazing job. Yeah. He really reminds me of like, Maybe this is an our generation specific reference, but he's got the kind of humor of like a Jim Carrey or something where mm. it's just like his delivery is so cartoonish and over the top, but it it works for him. Jim Carrey really feels like a live cartoon in some of his movies, yeah. but Sean feels like he could be a real person. And he sure. is kind of performing too, so there's always that line of, yeah, is this the real Sean or is this how he acts on the live stream? Yeah, right, right. I think that's the one area I struggled because, as you mentioned, like a lot of this film is him like screaming or like uh, responding to comments like in like a very like kind of scared tone. Um, And I I don't know if like those like, yeah, on one hand, it is a performance like he's performing for this audience of of viewers. But on the other hand, like you wonder how much uh, of that is like genuine fear and can he like differentiate the two? Uh, Like were there times where you could tell he was putting on a performance versus he was like kind of doing the high pitched uh, uh, thing for like the audience as like putting on a show. 
Uh, did that that ever bother you at all, like in terms of like his acting? No, in fact, I feel like it makes it more realistic. Like, look, something you just said there. I can't remember your exact quote, but like, you can't almost tell where he starts and the performer for the live stream begins, or you know what I'm trying to yeah. say. And I think that makes him more complex as a character. Like, yeah, who is he, and is he can he t- entirely divorce himself from this personality, mm, or is yeah. this the real him that the the viewers are getting? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, there's, I, I think, there's one interesting part in the film where his iPad breaks, and so he doesn't even know if he's streaming anymore. And you kind of like see him be a little more sad, uh, or like really kind of depressed about himself and like uh, where what his goals were with this project and what he wanted to do. So I, I thought that was kind of a cool opportunity to kind of like spread the character a little bit. To like, what does he look like when he doesn't think he's being streamed? Right. Right. And I think that there's some desperation, as you mentioned earlier, too. Like he's been taken off these platforms and this is his living and he talks about how he's been eating ramen and stuff so he needs this to go well or it could be the end of what he does for a living right 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 the wrath of sean right uh yeah i i I agree man um i i agree like i i think this is a really cool new modern found footage uh approach and i I hope we see like kind of more stuff that embeds like these new platforms into the experience because yeah it does make it like way more interactive and and uh what you mentioned about like horror and comedy here i i I don't yeah i I just feel like that's such a rare thing to be able to perfect uh so many films i feel like uh are either like they're funny and then like yeah the scares are like all diluted by that or um you don't get the comedy angle because it's scary but uh this one, yeah, it was, a, it was a rare combination of both of those elements. They, they did a really good job there. And I think it's that husband-wife writing where, as you mentioned, like uh, w- one person was like more focused on the scariness, one person more on the comedy. Yeah, I feel like they checked each other and came out with a really balanced script and a, a really tight movie that they got down in the editing room. And it's cool. It's really efficient. It's well-structured. The mm-hmm. pacing is incredible, especially in the third act. And yeah, just to echo what you're saying. It's scary. It's funny and it's scary. Yeah, yeah. For those of you wondering, I did text Brian during this. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you said, dude, this is scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's times where he's like walking through the dark, and I, I know we've talked about this on like other films where you're like looking around the dark, uh, trying to find stuff. And at one point, you do like you start to see stuff towards the end, right? Like that he's not seeing. Like, did you see the part where like their hands coming out of the ceiling or going back in? Right, her uh, feet. I think were like. Oh, going yeah. up through the ceiling. Feet, I don't know right. if she was levitating or what. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the whole movie are kind of like just like looking for things to coming out. Oh, from, I didn't uh, even realize when I got that text from you that you were taking me up on my offer from the top five episode that <laughs> oh, you can text yeah. me when you're scared. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, anytime you get a text from me these days, just know that I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> even if it's just like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, hold on, honey. Ashwin's scared. I gotta, He's freaking out over there. Yeah. Got to step away for a second. I'm nervously pooping right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, cool. And then, uh, yeah, I thought the monsters looked really cool and the kills were fun. Uh, oh, I, I also, I thought the set was uh, great. Like, and, and it's cool that it was an actual haunted house. I didn't know that. But it was, it was really well designed and, like, pretty scary. It was, yeah. Oh, man, another scene I really loved was when he was in the car and he was watching a video from an older woman who is giving him an explanation of like that protecting (laughs) thing. She lived in the house when she was young and she was talking really slow and he's like, hurry up. And he speeds it up and he's like looking at the video and then looking at this sheriff, like walking on its knees back. It was just like funny and like really 
tense too. She's like, "Come on, you're screaming at the woman too!" Like, "Come on!" Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those those great good good bounce of comedy and suspense. Then you good get stuff. the good comedy too, where he after he shoots him with the potato gun, he just slowly slides his body down. slowly <laughs> slides down the potato gun right into Sean's face. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Um, any, any, yeah, I agree. The mu- music was really cool. Effects were great. Um, and then, uh, yeah, what, what else? Anything else you want to call out about the movie? I don't have much more insightful to say. I feel like I'm just repeating the same things. But this is an exciting, fun movie. I had a blast watching yeah. it the first time, and I had a blast watching it the second time. Same. And, and you know, I, th- I think the one other comedy element uh, I want to bring up is the uh, the comments. Like, even like when he's getting attacked by Mildred, some of these comments are just like insane. Like, they're like, oh, uh, like Mildred's still hot, right? Or like anyone's still hot. Yeah, yeah anyone else think Mildred's still kind of hot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The and then there's like just... doubters too, like fake. Yeah. That's catch up. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, I love that, man. That's great. Do you think this movie was a critique on, uh, like, that whole internet culture of, like, these these people, these streamers, or the uh, people who are, like, building these followings and, like, the length they'll go to to appease their fans? I feel like it was a critique and, like, a love letter to them as well. Like, Sean was a likable character in the end, even though he did some, he got, like, a homeless person seriously hurt. I can't yeah. remember if the homeless person died or... Um, I think it was think in the hospital. Were hurt, yeah, yeah. And then he, the crossing the border thing was super offensive. And then at one <laughs> point he's like, "All right, I dedicate this live stream to the blacks and the Mexicans." Yeah. So he just says a lot of really cringy stuff throughout. But they yeah. still managed to have him be a flawed but likable character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess at the end, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because yeah, in the middle there's like a point where he's like very defensive about like the things he's done, and he's like, "I'm not trying to be a role model." Uh, I apologize because I had to, but then yeah, you're right at the end. So there's kind of like a character arc or journey where like when he knows he's like about to die, then like suddenly he's becoming more and more like uh, honest or genuine. Right. Yeah. He has an atonement moment. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Cool. All right. Well, should we jump to our rating then? Let's do it. All right. Well, how many demons biting people in the crotches would you give this? I'd give it 4.5 demons biting people in the crotches. I was tempted to go five this time. But 4.5 is my gut, and so I'll go with that. And honestly, if I had to do my top five of 2022 again after this viewing, I feel like Deadstream might be number one. You had it at, what, like three? Number three, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. But I did say at the time, like three, number one, two, and three could have all been interchangeable. Got it. I love it. It's great. I think it will go down in the annals of horror as a really exciting movie. Same. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, really excited to see what these two do. I, I had the same exact score, four and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it really funny, really uh, scary at the same time, really inventive in terms of like a great way to take found footage into a more modern uh, approach and great character at the center of it. Uh, music was really cool. Uh, FX work was great. Um, the one thing that, that I think it kept me from a five is, yeah, it is like very Evil Dead 2 violence. And for some reason, I, I think this is more of a personal preference, but uh, Evil Dead 2 to me, uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like the punching zombies or punching demons uh, uh, genre of, of films like that. Uh, pull some of the scare out of it if you can just like kind of throw them around or like uh, uh, beat them up or kill them with a potato gun. But I get that there's like a comedy element to that. Sure. But, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, four and a half as well. Uh, excited to see what, what these two do after this. Nice. See, but I, I actually, I like Evil Dead way better than Evil Dead Two, and I think Evil Dead Two gets too silly. Oh. But this still didn't get as silly as Evil Dead Two. Oh, you thought it was like, less? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, Evil Dead 2, we'll, we got to watch it sometime soon. We, I yeah. can't believe we haven't covered it yet. But there's like, you know, I, it's been years since I've seen it, but like sure. little ashes running around. It's it's silly. Oh, okay, okay. Then yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Evil Dead then. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I've seen Evil Dead 2. I didn't realize it was that silly. Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been like a decade since I saw it, but we really yeah. need to watch it because sure. we're sounding like idiots right now, so sure. we, we need to cover it. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. And I know Army of Darkness, like I saw that one, wasn't into that at all. So I'm glad like this one pulled back. It wasn't like as ex- extreme or silly uh, as, as Army of Darkness. Yeah, I like Army of Darkness because it's just giving up on being scary. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. this is what the type of movie is. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it just embraces what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, great, man. Yeah, you're great uh, find on your part. And glad we uh, covered this one. And, and uh, thanks for uh, sharing this with me to watch it. It was, it was so much fun to watch. Yeah, man, from our social media stuff, I feel like people were pretty excited that we were covering it. So cool. this seems like a fan favorite from from last year. Great. Yeah, yeah. hopefully more people see this. Good reason to subscribe to Shudder if, if you haven't yet. But uh, yeah, good good, good uh, acquisition on their part. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, if you're a horror fan and you aren't on Shudder, it just... Yeah. <laughs> you get, it's so cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it for some of these films. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? That's it. All right. Well, that's going to be our discussion on Deadstream. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd love your feedback. You can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find our show, and we always appreciate the feedback. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on HorrorMovieClub.com or shoot us an email at podcast at HorrorMovieClub.com. We're going to announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We're also on Discord, where you can find us and other horror movie fans uh, chatting up about uh, things that are horror and non-horror related. The link to that is on our website, so you can find that there. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart. You can find her and some cool merchandise on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're wondering what to do with those leftover heroin needles, consider filling them up with holy water and keeping them on hand next time you're spending the nights in a haunted house they might come in handy <laughs> so yeah load up those zero apr credit cards and keep old used heroin needles around <laughs> exactly great tips signing off <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> look at us man <laughs> giving great advice to people <laughs> exactly <laughs>